Hey, so I got an email for our anniversary. Okay. Uh, yeah, in honor. We, that's exciting. Pa- uh, Pastor Cassandra might not know. We celebrated our five-year anniversary. Just wow, congratulations. The, pod- the podcast. Not, did you give each other <laughs> high fives? Patrick and I, yeah. <laughs> did you give each other high fives? We did. Five high fives in honor of yeah, you know, one for every year. Uh, but so sweet. we got a, an email. Okay. You exciting. ready for this? Yeah. From a secret admirer? Uh, it's not so secret. You ready? Uh, as a reminder, your website's description is set to auto-renew October 17th. <laughs> five years of having a website, guys. All right. Way to go, team. So <laughs> you great. paid for five years, and now you have to renew. No, it, re- it renews every year. We get an anniversary <laughs> card from them every year. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast. We're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazaroff. With me, as always, Pastor Leo Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? And Pastor Cassandra Nagel. Hello, people of the future. Okay, wow. That's the call sign? Yeah. It is. Okay. Oh, you you weren't here the last time I did it. I was not. Right. Yeah. You've been working on it, huh? Yeah. I, she's, yeah. Been, she's been workshopping it's a, it. It's a family relic. It's killing so. on the college campuses these days. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I frequent college campuses, I guess. So it's yeah. <laughs> that's where you test out your new routine when you're like a comic. You go to the college campuses oh. and you try out your new material. Yeah. Oh. Sure. You got to. That's what I learned from Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> <laughs> so it must be correct. <laughs> yeah. Elise uh, McCarter could not be with us. No. For this recording for this attempt yeah take Uh, two take two of the podcast we recorded yesterday you know and it didn't work well so we had to record again yeah and now you know we've got you can just be honest and say that y'all just love spending time together and want to be able to yeah i just i damage to to record more podcasts (laughs) patrick intentionally (laughs) destroys our audio files Yes, yeah. this is take two of this podcast. We're I was going to say, to be honest, we were just bringing in the A team today. We had to, you know. No, no, Elise is A team. Come on, oh, y'all. Goodness, Every, okay. We're all A team, okay? There's no competition Aww, here, okay? Isn't that sweet? Uh, but in, in honor of a new recording of the same topic, I at least chose a new news story. Okay, so I have not heard this. You've not story. heard this. Okay. Okay. So I can give an authentic reaction. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we are going to take a journey to the North Carolina State Fair. Ooh, Ooh. all right. All right. Okay. Uh, to take a look at their state fair menu offerings. Nice. All right. Okay. Excellent. And we're gonna. I do love a good state. We're fair gonna offering. rank some of these. Okay. What? Okay. You're, what are you, one through five. Mm-hmm. How how much do you want this? Oh, okay. Is five high or low? Five is high. Okay. Yeah, five is you would eat this. Okay. Okay. Uh, and we're I not gonna hear any threes, y'all. You gotta commit hard. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to go through everything, but we'll go through oh, some sure. of these. I imagine it's a elaborate menu. <laughs> well, it's state fair food, so it's yeah. a lot of deep fried, a okay. lot of unusual offerings. Okay, but okay. probably deep fried, so yeah. still intrigued. Right. Yeah. And this is North Carolina, so you know yeah. we could take a journey. You know, right. If Let's we're if we're truly intrigued by some of these, is it happening food now? I don't know. I Let's look. take a road trip, y'all. Yeah. Um, October twelfth through twenty second, so right well, around we, the corner. We've got time. Okay, we've we got time to get up there. Okay, here we go. From Woody's Sports Tavern and Grill, mm-hmm. you can enjoy the Big Mac egg roll. Oh no! One. Oh, hold on. Is this, <laughs> is it just an egg roll like with the hamburger and Big Mac sauce like rolled inside of it? Ground beef, onions, pickles, special sauce, and an egg roll. Ugh. I don't really like pickles, but I would absolutely eat uh, it. You don't like pickles? Yeah, I don't like pickles. Oh, that is just scandalous. I know he doesn't like pickles, but wow, and probably also not the special sauce. Yeah, see, I don't like, like the like special sauce. No, so that's a the no. The special for sauce me. sounds more like uh, yeah, it, that's probably something. That On a Big Mac, it's like a thousand mayo? island. Yeah, yeah, I would try it. Okay. I would definitely try it. Uh, I might not love it, but I would definitely try it. I'm gonna say four. I would eat that. You yeah, know, like, I, would, I would give it a solid four. Four. It's probably deep fried. I bet it's yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah, I bet it, yeah. it tastes pretty good. I would definitely eat that. Yeah, I'm saving room for other stuff. There's no rule that I have to save room. I'm just saying, would I eat that? Yeah, would order. You know, if I've got actually put in if I've got. A well, twenty five dollar budget and this is you know probably seven. Sure. I'd Whew. I'd buy that for seven dollars. Yeah, I would buy yeah. 
It's stay fair. It's probably on the low end. I'm sure this food is much more expensive than that. All right, so here we go. Uh, Politician fries. This is from Chester's Gators and Taters. Uh, Plate of cheese fries with the cheese mixed with fried bologna. Yes. Mm, Yeah, I would eat it. You don't like bologna, Patrick? I'm not a bologna guy. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm not a huge bologna guy, but I would definitely eat it. Like if somebody said, try this. Yep, I'm in. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Cheese fries. That'll do me every time. Okay. Two. I'm in for the cheese fries. Yeah. What if it was spam instead of bologna? Uh, is it fried spam? Yeah. yeah like still in. cooked in the pan. Yeah, still in. Okay. okay. Uh, candied grapes. Yes. Like five. candied apples, uh-huh. but a grape. Sounds bad for my teeth, but I'd give it a shot. One. I hate a candied apple. <laughs> okay. Maybe you'd like a candied grape. Maybe Too hard. Think. It's like... I mean, no, like once you get sure. through that tough exterior, it's I like, do, oh, it's an apple inside. It's like, I do eh. prefer the fruit. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with an apple, but it's not like <laughs> I got to like work to get an apple. I can get an apple for free, you know. I do prefer the caramel apple. So are, do they have a caramel grape option? Because oh. I would definitely eat that. Caramel grapes. Uh, cherry, blue raspberry and grape flavored for those candy grapes. Oh, okay. oh. so cherry, raspberry. All right. Yeah. Meh. Okay. One. What else have we got? Uh bacon wrapped pimento cheese sandwich absolutely do you all know pimento cheese sandwiches this is a big thing in like south carolina north carolina where they like give you white bread and pimento cheese and then cut it in little triangles and then serve it as like fancy finger food like they're british or something basically yeah (laughs) it's like high tea high tea it's honestly probably a remnant of like british colonial whatever but yeah but it's pimento cheese and every every grandmother has their own special pimento cheese recipe so you got to find the ones that you like but yeah 100 percent would eat that pimento cheese wrapped in bacon remind yes. me is pimento cheese typically cold or warm when it's typically served? cold yeah so it's, it's a shredded cheddar cheese mixed right. with uh, pimento peppers and mayonnaise and other special spe- spices yeah that's a one for me uh, yeah 100 percent. you had me a bacon wrapped and you lost me a pimento, pimento cheese, cheese. <laughs> yeah same. have either of you had pimento yes cheese? i've had it okay I, I don't think it's bad honestly like just looking at it kind of grosses me out <laughs> it reminds me of like cheese that has yeah. curdled and it's like exactly. not quite cottage cheese but yeah. it's no, 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 not no. quite it, it looks like milk too cottage milk. cheesy i'm like yeah. i'm not into and it. i love you all, cottage you cheese, all have not seen but... good pimento cheese that's fine it, well yeah <laughs> so Ch- we need to chick-fil-a take a road trip. has a current pimento cheese sandwich no. option. I saw chick-fil-a that. is not where i'm going for my pimento cheese i'm not even trying yeah, again it. not interested you know not not all that intrigued by it um, this is from Fat Boys Barbecue, which, you know, okay. like, you, you could start. <laughs> yeah, I'm already in. Well, and you're in North Carolina, so okay. you know it's going to be good. You've heard no, of chicken and waffles. Sauce. How about brisket and waffles? Yes, 100%. Yeah, I'd eat that. Though, that I will amazing. say North Carolina, not where I go to get my brisket. I'd be more interested in brisket in you sure. know, yeah. Texas, but Do that's they okay. put syrup on it, too? They talk about the toppings beyond so, the brisket? So, so this, oh, is, definitely do a this is not even like yeah. brisket in a waffle cone. This is brisket in waffle batter. That's been deep fried. Ooh. So it's like oh. a, a brisket encased in waffle. Oh, yeah. It's like I'm, a hot pocket uh, kind yeah. of, mm-hmm. but sweet. I bet it. Well, it's, you know, kind of depending on the brisket, waffle. if it's yeah. like stringy, it could be like funnel cake brisket, <laughs> so, yeah. which I would eat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was imagining like a f- waffle with brisket on top of it. Yeah. And then drizzled with what? Yeah. Yeah. Or like a waffle cone. Yeah. And then instead of ice cream. We're the, just going to do a few more of these. Brisket inside. inside. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here we go. It's a meat cone. Dill pickle donut. What's that? Dill pickle donut. No, don't like pickles. Oh a, I'd try a, it. I probably uh, wouldn't like it, but is negative I five like an pickles, option. That's so. a negative five. I would, I would split this <laughs> with a group five. of like four or five. Like, let's each take a bite, kind of a thing. Yeah. I don't want a full one of these. I wonder what I would color it is. Yeah. Like, do you think it's green? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to find out. <laughs> thus far, it's the only thing I wouldn't eat. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. <laughs> what else we got? All right, this will be our last one. All right, this is from Lawrence and Perry Barbecue. Okay, the slop bucket. 
All right. Oh, that sounds very <laughs> intriguing. Uh, it's a bucket with actual bucket crinkle cut cheese fries. Yeah. Okay. Good start. Vinegary chopped barbecue. Don't love the vinegar. Mac okay. and cheese, okay. coleslaw, and baked beans. But it's all in a bucket. In a bucket. See the fact that they put it all in a bucket. That mm, I mean, I would just I KFC would, comes in a bucket. And that's yeah, good. I don't. I don't eat that either. Well, if you it's like individual chickens in a bucket that I'm pulling out, sure. <laughs> if it's their little slop thing with like, let's just shove all these things in a meal in one bowl and you just eat it. You it's fat like tub of lard. Dinner, but I'm in not a interested. <laughs> like, you know, it's all yeah. mixed together. There are a lot like of things that okay. I would do yeah. in one thing, but like when they put the baked beans and the vinegar barbecue, like mm, no, I'm yeah. No, I'm with you. Like individually. I like all those things. I'm not give a. The, give me the cheese fries. I'll eat the cheese I'm fries. I'm not a. Be like cheese fries on the side, yeah, please. Sorry. My plate has to be, you know, separate. No, at absolutely home. not. Yeah. I don't have like a cafeteria tray that I'm eating off of, but my I don't want all my food just shoved into a bucket. <laughs> maybe it's like maybe it's like, <laughs> like a barbecue. I, I can't even bother. Layer dip. <laughs> like, and they've layered like it all. Separating or eating things differently. It's just. I'm betting they just send it next door to the ice cream shop and they blend it up for you and they serve it to you through a straw. That's the. <laughs> That's when you're really hitting it. Oh. That's well, right. that's like the Happy Meal game. I thought about what? doing. I thought about like doing that with it? the confirmation kids. Blending yeah. up a Happy Meal. Yeah, because you know we talked about the Beatitudes, right? And so you wanted the, them to the, be blessed by blending. So the I. Happy so I. So the 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 game is like, hey, who wants to eat a Happy Meal? And you have two like fresh Happy Meals. Okay. And then two kids volunteer because they obviously want to eat a Happy Meal. And then you put everything from the Happy Meal into a blender and then give them the cup. And say, okay, eat your Happy Meal. And then they have to drink the the blended Happy Meal. And whoever finishes it first wins. I was like, that's a little too gross for... Uh, Ooh, for for 9.45 in the morning. For 9.45 <laughs> in the morning on a Sunday with confirmation kits. But yeah. yeah. I, uh, I I don't like the gross games um, as a yeah. youth director. Well, ex-youth director. Ooh. Not Ooh, in, yeah. Not in the, wow. There you go. Threw it out there. Congratulations. Thank is you. this your first podcast in your... It is. Yeah. I have a new okay. job. Here oh, that's right. Because we, uh, we congratulated you yesterday. <laughs> so again, congratulations. Yep. Well done. <laughs> Move, moving on up in the world. So. Yeah. 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 Director of Faith Formation. That's yeah. That's the new job title. Yep. If you're curious. Yeah. Your old self's boss. My old self's boss. Yeah. So I'm my own boss. That's yeah. Work. <laughs> <laughs> For the moment. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's jump into our main topic. Seems like a Dwight Trout thing. I'm my own best boss. I'm giving me a raise. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about trust. Oh, okay. I trust you. Oh, good. Uh, I trust Patrick, too. Me, too. That's a dangerous game. <laughs> it is a dangerous game. <laughs> uh, good. I've got a Happy Meal here in a blender. So. How uh, much do you trust me? Yeah, wh- which Happy Meal were you going to do? The nuggets or the burger? Oof. See, I was thinking burger... But it's got more ingredients. Yeah. Because nuggets uh, just it's all fried chicken or yeah. chicken eat. Yeah. Chicken-ish. <laughs> fried chicken adjacent. And <laughs> but then potatoes. I was thinking, I mean, now when you order Happy Meals, you have to be specific and say, like, I want the French fries and not the fruit because they're more, you know, they're more likely to give you the Happy Look, if you're going to McDonald's, no, get those you, French fries, right? If you, like, if you go to McDonald's, you actually get one of each. If you, When you order the Happy Meal, you get a little French fry. Really? Is that what they do? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I've not ordered a Happy Meal in a while. So. At least with but the, I mean, with I was thinking, like, I don't want to have to blend up, like, apple slices in the blender. That might be the best part of what you're blending in that thing. True, but, yeah, texture-wise. Like, I feel like if you go to McDonald's, you know what you're getting. So, like, don't trick me into anything. I'm going to get fruit at McDonald's. Like, I've already made my life decision. Who goes to McDonald's and orders apples? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Church attendance used to drive up trust. It doesn't anymore. Okay, this is our headline? This is our headline. Okay. And this is from Religion Unplugged. Ooh. New friend. 
Okay, a newbie. A new, you know. Where did we meet this friend? At the gym? (laughs) Coffee shop? Out on the street? I don't know. I don't know how many. I've I've met a friend in years. I don't know. It would have been outside because it's unplugged. Oh, it's like acoustic. Okay. (laughs) This is religion. Acoustic religion. (laughs) Singing kumbaya around the camp. Take off your shoes. Just jam. Yeah. You know. Get that vibe. We're just chilling. Mm. Yeah. You know, you don't need to. Jump up and down. The That's why we yeah. brought our resident Gen Zer onto the podcast is to thank help you, us you. vibe Happy appropriately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since Patrick and I do not know what to do, bring, <laughs> down, bring down the age range here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Are you gonna vibe here in this podcast? What's the, what do the kids do today for their vibe? I don't know. Vape probably. Ooh, well, I, do I don't want to do that. That's probably that. <laughs> that's <laughs> we're, true. we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this is by Ryan Berg. Ryan Berg. Okay. Or Burge. I don't know. B-U-R-G-E. Let us know, Ryan. Yeah, I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you would get at the North Carolina State Fair and how to pronounce your name. That's what we want to know. Yeah. Um, so he writes the following as an intro. Uh, he, you know, his belief, religion is a net positive only when people actively engage in all aspects of religion life, including regular corporate worship. So okay. religion is a net positive for society. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, and, yeah. and not even... I, I don't think any of us are going to say that it's not a net positive for sure. society. As people who work in yeah. a right, yeah. corporate church setting. Yeah. <laughs> who are all paid by religion, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, really actually terrible, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think not only is it net positive when you're an insider, I think you know a lot of data does point to a mm-hmm. society does benefit yeah. from religion. Yeah. Um, you know, that there are plenty of studies out there, and he'll reference some of these, improved mental health, generate feelings of tolerance and you provide opportunities for people to volunteer in their communities. Like sure. these are all pot. So even if you are a strong, I mean, I don't know if you're listening to this, but if you're a strong atheist, sure. there still could be benefits to a religious society Yes, uh, that everyone can take advantage of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a thing. Um, but there's always also been one other, you know, benefit for a religious, you know, society, positive outcome, and that's interpersonal trust. Okay. So the idea that, do we have assurance that random strangers are not out to get us? Oh, okay. Ooh. So I misunderstood the headline uh, even a day later. Um, but it's <laughs> good. Very good. <laughs> well, maybe it's a good thing we're doing this again. <laughs> so the, pr- the premise here is that by going to worship, by participating in religion, I am more likely to trust other people. Correct. It does not make me more trustworthy to the outside. World. That is correct. You're okay. more likely to trust others that other that strangers are not out to get you yeah okay i'm with that and again the headline it used to be the more you went to church that was you the more you would trust other people and now it's not the same anymore oh spoiler alert (laughs) we'll get there ruining me okay um and you know you're gonna say i don't think it's a huge leap in logic to say that a reasonable baseline of interpersonal trust is an essential part of a functioning society okay I think for a society to operate, when you go out to McDonald's to yeah. get your Happy Meal with fruit, yeah. you need to trust that the people around you are not out to get you. Sure. You know, like, mm-hmm. and and we just kind of like, maybe we take that for granted a little bit, but like yeah. you have to kind of like, that's the way society is going to have to work, right? Yeah. Or else we'd never leave our houses. Sure. Right? Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Or it'd be like fighting everybody. You know, yeah. Anarchy yeah. just to be walking on the street. I what mean, are it, those movies where it was like there's no rules for 24 hours and the purge? The purge. Is that what yeah. it was? The okay. purge? Yes. So and and I think the those purge. Those commercials too. were scary. There's like four or five of them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. Saw. Okay. Yeah. That like no rules, anything goes. Yeah. You know, and the fear yeah. that arises in everybody. Yeah. Ooh. 
You know, I will say, like, we talked a little bit about last week because we were talking about stewardship while you all were mm-hmm. not available. It was just Elise and I. Uh, but as we were talking about that, we talked about, like, even money, right? The whole premise that money has value is built on a relationship of trust. Like, yeah. you know, sure. we, the United States has long been off of the actual gold standard. So there's actually nothing physical backing that dollar bill that you hand over for your Happy Meal. But McDonald's trusts that it has value and you trust that they believe you that it has value. And, sure. you know, so, th- th- yeah, there's just a trust that has to exist in society for us to function. Agreed. Even if I were in like a barter system, I was like, here's the sheep. Someone has to trust me that the sheep is isn't valuable di- and yeah. like matters. Like, yeah. <laughs> sure. And isn't going to die next week. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So um, you got some, we've got some data to back this up, not just Ooh, opinions. Okay. All right. So the general social survey. That's if my opinion is not enough. Yes. Um, this is the, the data. General, general social survey? Yes. Okay. They posed a question. They've been tracking this since the 70s. Wow. And they asked the question, generally speaking, would you say that most people can be trusted or that you can't be too careful in dealing with people. Okay. And you can also respond with, it depends. So for the last 50 years, because this was the 70s. That can't be right. (laughs) Do the math on that one. I'm going to need to double check that because there's no way that was the 70s. Listen. 30 years ago. Just because you were born in the 70s. (laughs) 30 years ago. (laughs) Definite. I can feel it. Yeah. You can feel it. Yeah. Keep feeling it in your knees and a little bit in your back. I I don't (laughs) feel it in there. All right. So since the 70s, so let me ask you the question. Generally speaking, Uh would you say that most people can be trusted or you can't be too careful in dealing with people? You can also answer with that depends. What do you say? I say generally people can be trusted. I walk around with the world or in the world and say, yeah, I can generally trust you people. Yeah. What do you think? I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All three of us. All right. I'm, uh, you know, an optimist when it comes to people. You know, generally sure. speaking, I think people are ultimately, they're not going to harm or hurt me. Yeah. They're not out to get me. You know, we're all just living our lives. You know, mm-hmm. that's just what it is. Go mm-hmm. to HCB. We're all just trying to get through this process. <laughs> we're all just trying to Although survive. Although if there's right? about <laughs> to be a hurricane, then it might be more of a cutthroat situation at HEB. Do you but... find so do you find yourself less likely to trust people in the preparation well, for I, a hurricane? Well, I don't know about hurricanes, but I'm thinking oh, I about think it's like a reasonable yeah. I'm thinking about like for folks who are in war torn countries, yeah. right? Like sure. who are fearing, you know, bombs being yeah. dropped on their homes, right? So I think I think our ability to say that we generally can trust people you know, reflects a lot of the privilege, right, that we have to 100%. be in the United States, yeah. to be in, like, affluent, you know, no, I, I neighborhoods don't and yeah. things like that. And yeah. I think what we're what ultimately we're trying to say here is, like, in a general society, because in general society, we're not in war-torn countries right. or sure. Yeah. Sure. in a hurricane. And this or, is being asked yeah. in the United States since the 1970s, which has yeah. not been yeah. you know, facing that particular kind. I mean, there's been economic crisis and stuff yeah. like that, but it has not faced a particular hardship. Uh, since the 1970s, yeah. as far as what we're dealing with. Here we go. Uh, so in the early 1970s, okay. uh, 51% of Americans said, can't be too careful. Okay. And 45% of Americans said, can't be trusted. So okay. pretty, pretty close. close. Yeah. Yeah. Rel- relatively close. In the 70s, pretty close. And by 2022, and it's kind of a, a pretty sharp line here, uh, from the 70s to now, um, 65% of people chose the can't be too careful, and only 26 people percent of people said other people could be trusted so can be trusted took a dramatic drop about a 20 percent drop and yeah. increase in the people who could or who did not want to trust other people that's correct wow so it's from the 70s, from the 70s to 70s now, now okay we've, we've experienced that and interesting the first big dip was in the 90s so, okay yeah so a steady pretty steady decline of yeah. trust mm-hmm. over the last 50 years that's not surprising but also disheartening yeah, yeah. um so one of the 
factors here, and we'll kind of get into maybe some of the whys. Okay. But there is one factor that they kind of did pull out and look at um, and say, like, hey, this is interesting. Uh, and this kind of factor, social factor, kind of determines, are you more likely to trust other people? Okay. You know the answer. Pastor Cassandra, I don't think you actually read all this article. I didn't because <sighs> it was taking a long time to load. <laughs> so do you want to guess what is one factor that could dictate, do you trust other people? Or yes or no? Clue. We're what not talking one? about religion yet. That's coming later. It's coming later. So it's not religion. So one, that, is, one is one factor. I would yeah. say race is one of mm, the factors. Interesting. Uh-huh. It was not race. Oh. Uh, they, they didn't break it down by race, did, did they? We did not break it down by race. Uh, we don't, it is broken down by education level. Yeah. I think that's okay. interesting. So the more, what do you think? More education, less education, more so likely like, to trust people. So like the more letters you have after your name, Correct. Correct. like yeah. the more trustworthy you are? Yes. No, the more trustworthy, trusting you are of other people. Oh. What? So would you be more or less likely to trust people as you had more academic training? I'll guess more. Yeah. And that's what the data suggests. From the 70s till today, the more the higher level of education you receive, the more likely you are to trust your neighbor yeah. or the, you know, your fellow man and woman. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. what we think. Um, why do we think that is? Any any reasonings? I think it's exposure to you know what uh, other people are thinking and sure. um, ideas throughout the world. You probably are more likely to be exposed to people who are different than you. And so you lose some of those reasons to mistrust somebody just based on appearance or background or whatever that might be sure um, because you've had those encounters so you say yeah. oh i'm not afraid of this thing that i've never met before because i have now met and encountered and engaged in a relationship with this person so now i'm not afraid of other people who are like them and so i that would be my guess is just encountering that yeah opportunity for those mm-hmm. things yeah to work side by side and yeah. have those those kind of moments um you know i also think you know if you are higher educated you probably have a higher income and you probably live in a safer quote-unquote neighborhood so you have you know easier to trust your neighbor when you're not you know afraid of crime and Mm. you know Mm -hmm. uh happening to you and if you are you know lower education you might be living in a tougher neighborhood and it's harder to trust your neighbor when you know poverty is leading to crime you know like and and so that definitely could be a factor as well Mm. and again i don't think it's necessarily if you have like smarter people mm-hmm. are more trusting. I don't think that's the data here suggesting. I think those opportunities and that kind of maybe privilege maybe can lead you to being a more trusting person. Yeah. And so people who were completed high school or less, maybe they just haven't had the same opportunities sure. or maybe don't live in the same kind of bubble mm-hmm. that, that other people yeah. live in. So yeah. I think those those are more likely than if you're just smart, you just are more trusting. Yeah, I don't think that's that's true. Yeah, and I think you know, Cassandra's uh, your point earlier on, right, about kind of the, the situation in which we find ourselves, the environment in which we find ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think certainly plays a factor in that, right? I am much more likely to be trusting of people if I'm walking the paths around my house late at night because I know my neighborhood, I know where I'm at, right? Mm-hmm. Than if I'm like walking in some strange area that I don't know and you know a stranger yeah. comes up to me, I'm much less likely to be trusting of that particular person sure. in that environment. So. I think there's those kinds of factors also that play into it. One hundred percent. Yeah. All right, let's talk about religion. Let's do it. It's a religious podcast. We are. Let's jump into it. <laughs> so, interesting thing data here for the seventies, eighties, nineties, and two thousands. A similar pattern emerges where okay. they in this question they also were marketing how often do you do, go to church from okay. never Ooh. to weekly plus. Ooh. I, the weekly plus are my people. <laughs> I'm there for everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> what do you got? 
So if you go to multiple worship services on a Sunday, does that count as weekly plus? Sure. Or if you go to one service on a Sunday and then you're there for a Bible study later in the week or, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're thinking more than just like worship. but like, I mean, I don't know what they're thinking, but that's how I interpret the okay. question. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're asking how often you go to church. Yeah. And weekly plus is an option. Yeah. So, so cool. So a pretty, you know, a pretty clear, you know, uh, graph here emerges. Okay. That the more likely you went to church, or the more often you went to church, mm-hmm. the more likely you were to be trusting of your neighbor. Uh, okay. All right. And then in the 2010s, we start to see a dramatic shift in that. So we uh, see that up through 2000, you said? Up through the 2000s. Okay. And then so 2010 on um, in this data, it shifts to become the opposite. And now mm. the more likely you are going to church, the less likely you are to trust your neighbor. Oh, so there's so it's time to levels off. It's that as I go more, I am trusting less and less. Correct. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah. We might need to change our uh, sermon series here. Uh, no and kidding. <laughs> and in 2010, yeah, the, the the group that has the least interpersonal trust in society is the group that went weekly plus. So okay, so that yeah, all yeah, right. So when I went weekly plus, I am less likely to trust other people now. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, not great. That's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Should, should we do something about that? <laughs> Go to church last, people. <laughs> yes, apparently. <laughs> All right. What's going on here? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've been thinking about this, and we talked uh, a little bit about this uh, before air as well. <clears throat> For me, in my own experience, right, uh, if 2000 was the last time when we saw this kind of peak of church building trust, and then 2010, we had seen this rapid decline and continue to see this decline. For me, the, the big marker in there, right, is September 11th. Uh, yeah. And uh, as I was in high school at that time, uh, watching the change in how we talked about uh, the Islamic uh, faith in particular, mm-hmm. uh, but how churches talked about that faith and how we talked about it in politics as well, right? It went from being something that I had like heard of as like a thing that existed in the world that we learned about in world history and whatever to like this thing of like, well, you have to be afraid and you have to watch out for anybody who yeah. looks like this or wears clothes like this uh, because they could be out to cause the next 9-11, right? And, mm. and I think that discourse really got ramped up following that period. And so it, I, I don't know that we were explicitly saying don't trust people, but in this case, I think we were in a lot of cases explicitly saying don't trust those people. And so the more often you went to church, the more often you were hearing those messages and being yeah. flooded with this sense of, I have to now be afraid of the people who are around me because they want to destroy me or they want to destroy Christianity or they want to destroy the United States or whatever it is. Um, For me, that's kind of the big marker in history that would have shifted between those two points. For sure. Yeah. uh, I was in college during that time. So definitely you can identify with that kind of, that kind of rhetoric that was present, not just in our, you know, political arena, Mm -hmm. but also in the religious one. Very much so. that's, That's weird. Yeah. I also think, too, over the last, um, you know, religion in America has almost always been kind of divided by race, you know, from the get-go. Like, we've always had white churches, black churches, um, things like that. Um, But I think over the last 10 or so years-ish, I think we're also seeing a greater divide, not just by race, but also by politics. Mm -hmm. You know, where maybe 15, 20 years ago, it was easier to go to a church where you were in the minority politically and still felt at home religiously. Sure. um, That it it didn't have to be a deal breaker for LGBTQ issues or even, 
you know, women and leadership issues. I think people were more okay going to a church that did not align with their views on those things. And then over the last 10 to 15 years, that has shifted in that we've kind of become very much insular tribal and like those things are now deal breakers. Yeah. Yeah. And for regardless of where you are on the political spectrum, right? Like I'm not going to worship alongside people who disagree with me on these major theological mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Sure. And and so I don't know, you know, I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I do think that is a thing that we're kind of seeing. No, for sure. Is we have conservative churches and we have liberal churches and it's much harder to be a liberal in a conservative church or a conservative in a liberal church mm-hmm. than maybe it was 20 years ago. Sure. So, and I think that that shifts, right? Like if I go to a liberal church and it's easy for me to think the conservatives are out to get me mm-hmm. and I never have to interact with them in worship or I never serve alongside a yeah. conservative. Like we're not serving the homeless together. We're not, um, worshiping side by side. I'm not in Bible study with people who think differently or have a bumper sticker on their car that I would disagree with. Yeah. It's harder for me to see them as like real people who mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. who care about their families, who want the world to be a better place, who uh, do want uh, the homeless to be served and cared for. It's easy for me to, to, you know, in a sense, paint them with a broader brush mm-hmm. and, and vice versa. I think both those things go out of the way, right? So if I'm never interacting, I'm never serving alongside them, I'm never engaging with them in worship or in faith, it's easier to look at them in the most negative way possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that makes it easier to say like, well, when I leave worship and I see somebody and they have that bumper sticker, they can't be trusted because yeah. sure. I never have those interactions that are positive, Yeah. only negative online interactions. Yeah. Yeah. I think the hard thing too is there are a lot of churches, you know, and a lot of faith communities that are maybe not explicit one way or the other along the spectrum of, you know, like theology. And so, you know, my bias often is like, if I'm, you know, when I'm in a mode of panic, I'm like, I'm going to look into all the churches in the woodlands and see like what their theology is. Right. Like those, like what we believe pages. This is what you do in a mode of panic. Oh yeah. When I'm like, when I'm like particularly anxious or something, I'll be like, I'm just going to go and read other churches. theologies. Oh yeah. Because it's fascinating to me to see a calming exercise. (laughs) No, but I mean, uh, for me, it's really like a, I don't know, like a theological exercise in some ways. Like I want to know what these congregations are willing to like, put Mm -hmm. on their website for all to read or like what issues are kind of under the under the the table a little bit and so like if i go on a website and if the if you know in their description about what we believe if it's not explicit that like only men can be in leadership or you know men and women are in leadership or or things like that based on their staff page or like if they don't say specifically like marriage can only be between one man and one woman like my bias is like if you're not explicitly like you know able to communicate you know welcome for all people and like Mm -hmm. you know that belovedness Mm -hmm. of all um then my assumption is that i can't feel safe and comfortable to go into that space and that's i'm sure not always the case right and so in my own experience like for what i would guess a lot of faith communities who are wrestling with some of these questions right that have come up in the last Mm -hmm. 10-15 years in in religious spaces maybe in more like tangible or visible ways Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. these are questions that maybe communities don't have an answer for and you know 
I'm more yeah. willing to just assume I can't trust the leaders in that space. I can't trust the community to accept me, to accept the people that I love, you know, if I was to sure. go into those spaces. Yeah. And so I don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's just, it's really complicated. Yeah, you mentioned the leaders. That's an interesting point because we definitely have seen a, <coughs> excuse me, we've seen a, a, a rise, at least in the, awareness of clergy abuses whether that's financial mm-hmm. or uh, sexual misconduct or physical abuse whatever that might be right we've mm-hmm. seen a rise over that and so i wonder if that's a piece too that the people who are more involved in churches were seeing these people that they thought they could trust for a very long time suddenly that's being flipped and they're like well i, I can't trust Absolutely. anything yeah. and so then mm-hmm. if i can't trust this person who you know was in this position of power in this faith that i find so valuable uh can i continue to find uh, sure. anybody uh, trustworthy. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, yeah, all of our faith in institutions is down across the board. Oh, I mean, sure. yeah. In 2019, the most trusted profession in America were nurses, and then COVID hit, and all yeah. of a sudden, wow. they can't be trusted anymore. You yeah. know, like, and so, like, all of our institutional trust is just drop. And, you know, again, in 2019, 2018, it yeah. was teachers, and yeah. now they can't be trusted anymore. Yeah. You know, so institutional trust is an all-time low uh, in America, uh, which is Yay. really sad. I also think attached to this, so we have this like idea of like, okay, our churches are more segregated. Maybe mm-hmm. we're not a slop bucket anymore. We're pulling, you know, the sure. mac and cheese and beans are on their own little bit buckets. Sure. And they're in their own little churches. So yeah. uh there's also definitely some churches out there who have risen in this rhetoric that we kind of saw after nine eleven, but instead mm-hmm. of targeting kind of Islam, which is more like at least like one clear faith Mm -hmm. it's wrong but at least it's clear now it's everyone is out to get you uh and so it's hard to say hey go out and be you know the the hands and feet of jesus in this world and care for others when in the sermons and your bible studies you're kind of feeling the enemy is at the gates of this church right outside the doors ready to devour you like if that's this culture rhetoric that's kind of being presented of like those people are trying to get your children mm-hmm. and you now go be a loving, kind person, right. you know, in the neighborhood. Go do it. That is much more complicated, right? Like that's yeah. a harder, if that's what you're in, indoctrinated into, how could you trust, you know, the people in your neighborhood? Sure. How could you trust the people at HUB? Because they could be one of those people. Yeah. And that makes it much more. Could be the devil out to get you. Could be, you know. That makes it much, much more difficult. So even though I think there are plenty of churches out there who are not engaged in that rhetoric, there are enough that it's kind of painting that picture across Christianity. Yeah. And that makes it sad. It's the, the devil in the red apron that you got to watch out for. Right, so what do we do? How do we... Never. Okay. How do we help? How do we help our people be more trusting? Yeah. Well, uh, number one, Pastor Cassandra starts a new preaching series uh, all about trust. There you go. Have fun. Absolutely. I'm going <laughs> to change my sermon for Sunday. And <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, uh, I, I do think how we talk about uh, trust and how we talk about our neighbors matters, right? And so I think we uh, start with an awareness of what's the language that we're using to yeah. talk about other people. Uh, what are the stories that we're sharing uh, about our encounters with people? Um, <clears throat> from a more like, it's probably more like a church leadership standpoint, but when we engage in interfaith dialogues in particular, or what we might call ecumenism, Right. Uh, I think we have to be more uh, more willing to put our bias towards conversion 
aside mm. and enter into those spaces without this uh, effort of, okay, I'm going to have this conversation with my uh, Jewish and Islamic and Hindu brethren in order to convince them all that Jesus is the, the way, the truth, and the life and baptize them all by the end of this meeting. Instead of going in with that intention, we can just go in and say, I'm comfortable in my faith and I want to learn from you and see how we can feed this person who's hungry because that's what we're here to do, right? Yeah. Uh, and so engage in those opportunities to have honest conversation where we are not out to make them believe what we believe, but are out to see humanity and yeah. it's, it's rawest form. Yeah. I do like that. Our church is, is heavily involved in the interfaith here sure. and uh, interfaith programming here mm-hmm. and interfaith, the organization here. Yep. Uh, and I think those are, those are really good ways. Any yep. other ways that we can kind of help guide people towards trust? Well, I was going to do a shameless plug for our faiths together. Do it. Observance. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Lord of life on, Tuesday, November 14th, we'll be hosting the 25th um, annual Faiths Together uh, Observance. It's like a service of Thanksgiving. Um, And so we'll have, you know, uh, leaders from faith communities throughout the woodlands of of various faiths who will be sharing um, all about the theme rooted in hope. Um, Mm -hmm. And so a lot of those um, offerings this year will be um, musical or or related to kind of the arts in some way and so what's been interesting for me and and for Dan I think who's been coming to the meetings planning this with me is you know as folks are, are saying you know this is the poem that you know our community is going to bring or this is the dance that our community is going to share um, we're able to hear about like why those sure. offerings are meaningful to the community and and what kind of um, connections those have right to their faith and to the their formation and kind of uh, unity as a as a community of faith yeah. so um it has been really educational you know to to learn more about other faiths just in the planning of this and yeah. so sure. i hope that it will be meaningful for folks who attend as well yeah yeah i definitely think what we're kind of hearing is it has to happen through some level of intentionality yes of you know whether that's i need to intentionally put myself in places where i'm around people who think look and act differently than me uh, and believe differently than me so that i can engage and see them clearer mm-hmm. not just as caricatures or not just as um what the news or media or facebook yeah. might portray yeah. uh, but i think this also you know as a, a member of kind of more liberal leaning church sure. it's easy to say like i have no, would have no problem like working side by side with the synagogue the mosque mm-hmm. or the hindu temple probably the hardest groups that would be able to work side by side around honesty the mega church down the street sure. that believes yeah. in Jesus, yeah. but politically seems so, you know, um, different or that kind of its rhetoric surrounding the LGBTQ um, members or women in leadership seems so different than what we think. It's harder to maybe connect that direction. Sure. And so maybe sometimes it has to be like, you know, I need to see. Like like it or not, my evangelicals and brothers and sisters, I need to go serve side by side with them so I can see their humanity differently. Sure. Not yeah. just their theology, but also their humanity. And yeah. I think that that matters, right? Like, because how can I trust and engage with them without if I don't see them as partners and part of the body of Jesus? Yeah. And that makes it much more complicated and hard. Yeah. Um, but because it's easy to be like, well, I think they're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and sure. I don't want to deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I will say, like, I am confident that our congregation, our preaching is not perfect in helping people to trust their neighbors, right? I'm sure that there are blind spots that we have and and things that we miss. And so I'll start with that. But if you're in a, if you're in a setting uh, where week after week, you're being told who to fear, 
Yeah. Uh, rather than being told uh, who to trust or who to put your trust in or who to love or how to love, right? Uh, I, I would just encourage you to look for something else because uh, yeah. I don't think that coming week after week being told who to fear is a reflection of the teachings of Jesus or even the teachings of scripture more broadly. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't, it doesn't sit real, well with me. So I doubt that we have a whole lot of listeners in this sure. context who are in that spot. But if you are in that spot, I just encourage you to find something else. Because uh, Jesus did not spend much time telling people what to be afraid of. In fact, I am struggling to, to think of any time when he told people of what to be afraid of. Uh, it was usually don't be afraid and you know lean into these things that God is doing. I got one. Took you into new places. What do you got? He says, uh, "Fear the one who can destroy both body and soul." Uh, he does this. That. Right. So okay. There, yeah. So there's one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got one for you. There you go. <laughs> but that's one sentence. Right. Yeah. Out of a lot of things that Jesus said. Absolutely. Yeah. No, 100%. I think there could be churches out there who are unintentionally mm-hmm. not pushing their people towards trust. Sure. But there are definitely places of worship out there who are intentionally yeah. pushing you away from trusting your neighbor, mm-hmm. who are intentionally stroking the fires of, of fear, of anger, of hate, um, disguised as worship yeah. yep. and disguised as kind of godly. And I think if if that's what it feels like if you are in worship and you are angry and you're mad at somebody at the outside world i think you're doing worship wrong like i think something something is wrong is going on there not to say anger and isn't part of the christian life but if that's the intentionality behind your worship leaders and your preacher i think you got to reevaluate that yeah so so we're not gonna like do a do like a smash session in the middle of a smash session well you know those like they like had you could go to places and like rent baseball bats and all sorts of equipment and okay. like destroy your like ex partners oh, things. That like, sounds like fun. Yeah, sure. and it was. It's like it was I very don't know therapeutic. If it, it was. Yeah, it was common during maybe okay. during the pandemic at some point. But I remember like you could go and like rent rent a room basically that like a soundproof room where you can put all of this sort of stuff that you want to destroy and or, just go nuts and just go nuts. Yeah. So now I think that's a healthy way to get sure, it out. Right? Sure, but yeah. I'm just saying we are not going to do that in the middle of worship. Well, we're not. <laughs> we're not going to say that worship's intended to do that, right? Sure, like, sure, sure. sure. I, I could. I could see a couple different ways in which that's a really valuable yeah. illustration. Oh, but yeah, yeah oh, I don't yeah. think that's. Instead, uh, we'll have our burn book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As the staff, we were talking earlier this week about like um, how you know here at Lord of Life we you know are more inclined oftentimes to write checks right than mm, to sure. to kind of physically you know engage with the community and so i mean i think for me like as a faith leader you know the 10 12 minutes that i'm preaching right hopefully is is valuable and i can use that time to communicate yeah. right mm-hmm. who to trust but if i'm not willing to be on the front lines of yeah. embodying that in yeah. some ways right and i think about um you know we have a lot of members here at lord of life who are willing to step into some of those more uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. right um but also invite other people or other couples to join them in those sure. right with the hopes that um if they you know go as a little group and serve as a group then that you know that other person or that that couple will feel comfortable then going on their own and maybe inviting someone right and it becomes this ripple effect and mm-hmm. so i i think that that model of relational invitation right within our faith community and helping to foster those relationships once you are kind of out you know serving god's world is 
um, maybe a less uh, intimidating model, sure. yeah, right, yeah. for for us as a community as we, you know, wrestle with wanting to be generous both with our finances, right, because that is a gift mm-hmm. here that we have at Lord of Life to be able to to share, like, the money that we have from our endowment and things like that. But how sure. else, how can we be generous in the ways in which we're building those relationships too? Yeah. yeah. All, All right. right. Trust. You should trust people. Agreed. Yeah. In general, people are not out to get you. Yeah. In general. In general. Some people are. Some people, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Patrick, definitely out to get you. I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cassandra, probably not. Calling yeah. it out right That's now. Right, I'm, yeah. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Yeah, are you listening? Here first. Are you listening first. in your car? Yeah. Check that back seat. I might be there. <laughs> well, in that case, then they'll just leave you there because it's so hot still. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please, please crank the AC. That's all I'm saying. Patrick's passed out in the back of your car <laughs> because he was trying to surprise you. All right. Well, hey, if you enjoyed this episode, you can find all of the uh, Beyond Sunday five years worth of episodes at beyondsundaypodcast.com. Uh, send us uh, what you would want to eat at a state fair. Uh, we'd love to hear that. Uh, or your thoughts on people that you trust or don't trust. Uh, you can send those to at beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday.